Welcome back to this week's edition of the Geshmak of Art Podcast. This podcast should be a schuss for a speedy recovery for anybody who needs one. From the uh, flu that's going around, from COVID that's going around, and anybody else in Kalia so that needs a refuish lema, it should be a speedy one. We begin a new we begin a new book of the Torah. Baruch Shechianu Vikimanu Vikianu Lazmanazeh, a new safer to start, a new beginning. Shoivavim Shmois Feira Boy Bishalach Yisrael Mishpatim, and this year Chumar Tetzava. We know that Shoivavim is a time for Chuva. The Mirz Hashem, these podcasts should help us to inspire us to do Chuva Shalema. Hashem begins Parshas Shemos by. Saying the Ela Shemais Bnei Yisrael Haboim Mitzrayim, these are the people that came down. These are my kids. Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Zevulun, Ubinyamin. It counts all, seemingly all of the twelve tribes. Pasuk Hey, Vayihi Kol Nefesh Yoytze Yerech Yaakov. All of the souls that came down. Meshachachma makes a diak in many places why we, were, we are referred to as our nefesh, we're not referred to as our guf, right? God counts us as our nefesh, interesting. It might seem like our nefesh is more important, which may not be all that of a new idea. Shivim nefesh, we were 70. 70 says singular soul. Again, maybe we're all one soul. That's a little bit out of my pay grade, but not sure. The Yosef Hoyo B'Mitzrayim. And Joseph was in Egypt. He and his sons were included in the 70. So why did it just wait to say it here? Rashi asked further. What's the Chiddush? What's this new idea? What's it coming to tell us? I'll read it again because I read it, I think, a little bit off. Did we not know that Joseph was in Mitzrayim? Ella, this is coming to teach us. Said Kasei shall Yosef, who Yosef Aroya es Tzainaviv, who Yosef shahayeb Mitzrayim benasa melech vayeb betirkai. Rashi has an unbelievable question, an unbelievable answer here in pasuk. Hey, Joseph, it says the Yosef hayeb Mitzrayim. Did we not know that Yosef was in Mitzrayim? Says Rashi. It's telling you it's the Zelba Yosef. The same Yosef who was in Egypt for 22 years away from his father. And now that his family's there, he's still living in Egypt or now he's passed away. He died the same man, the same holiness. He did not give up an inch while living in Egypt. He was the same Ben Torah. He was the same Talmud Chacham who was living with his father, Yaakov, studying in the tent while shepherding his flock. Let's read Rashi, Kichot HaSayr, Bimedakte Kichot, like a hair's breadth. Who Yosef? He was Yosef. Shehoi Bimetayim, V'nasamelch, he became a kid, V'ayim B'tzidkai. Rashi says, he's the same Yosef, Haroya Estrenovim. The same innocent, Nar Yosef, that was, that had no Averis, is the same Yosef in Egypt. Now, Afreg Yuakasha. I think it's a very good question. Picture this. You are a young 13-year-old student in yeshiva. Your father has a long beard. He teaches in a, let's make it a yeshiva school. Your mother is a preschool teacher. You have 11 other siblings. Your mother drives a Honda Odyssey. The CDs 
are Yaakov Shweki and Benny Friedman, and you are loving your life, you wear your white shirt, your sisters go to base Yaakov, you eat oatmeal for breakfast, life's perfect, and then your siblings go and drop you off at Port Authority, Manhattan, and who knows where your life ends up. You end up in the worst places quickly. You live, at, you live out the rest of that life for 20 years or more, and you don't give up an inch. You still remain and grow into Yosef HaTzadik. How is it possible for the Torah to say and be made to give testimony on Yosef? The Yosef Hayab Mitzrayim. It was the same Yosef. How is it possible? And the answer is going to be probably very enlightening as to what we have to work on. Not work on. What we have to employ. Which tactic we need to use that Yosef used because it worked for him. Hopefully it will work for us. Because probably downtown Mitzrayim didn't look that far off from downtown Times Square. Downtown New York. And perhaps even the... The Egyptians would be jealous of what we have nowadays. Yosef Hayab Mitzrayim. How is it possible? So I'd like to start with... I'm not entirely sure. And it takes probably a lot of different characteristics and a lot of different milos for Yosef HaTzadik to become Yosef HaTzadik. And it's not overnight, and it's not anybody who can become Yosef HaTzadik. Well, maybe I should take that back. Any of us could become our own version of Yosef HaTzadik. But it takes unbelievable koach. I'd like to point out maybe one specific attribute that I've seen that the G'daylam have talked about that Yosef definitely had. One of the many that Yosef definitely needed. Now, there's a concept called Ushmartem Mikol Dovara, that we have to protect ourselves from all um, immoral things. Obviously, you're not allowed to, to do an immoral act. You can't hear immoral things. You cannot see immoral things. Talk about immoral things, all included in the laf. Look in Sefer and Misi Lati Sharim. He enumerates the many uh, negative uh, commandments or many lavin that a person could transgress by doing them. What about an inappropriate or immoral thought? Now, I would think at first glance that, yeah, of course, you, that is, you know, you're going to get punished for it. But we have a question on that, because how is it fair if I'm davening Shemana Esrei, and all of a sudden something pops into my head that I'm not supposed to be thinking about during my Shemana Esrei? It, it almost seems like it's against my will. It almost seems like I don't have control over my thoughts. And let's put the question down flat. Do I have control over my thoughts? Do we as humans have control over our thoughts? I'd like to take it one step further. I'd like to ask the question of what is a thought? What's a thought? Is it part of us? And maybe let's go even one step deeper and ask that next question pretty straight up. Are our thoughts part of us? Rebchaim Valajan is brought on the bottom of the Mesilas Yasharim that's printed in the Jaffa edition by Arts Group Masara Publications. He says that when we're Dominic Spanasri and we have a thought that's not proper, we're not punished for the thought itself. We're punished for dwelling on that thought. The thought can pop up in front of our heads, but as long as we let it float on by and do not shtel, do not continue to focus on that thought, we're not punished for it. Which I think reveals to us that 
we're not actually our thoughts. Because if we were our thoughts, and we were in control of our thoughts, then we would be punished because then we have not we have done something that was in our control and we have not done the proper avoda for Hashem. Charlie Harari Esquire, or Rabbi Charlie Harari Esquire, or Rabbi Esquire Charlie, you know, however that's supposed to go, elaborated on this concept in a very interesting way. When you have a thought, I want to eat ice cream, and you're left with a decision to, should I eat the ice cream or should I not? I'm in the mood for ice cream, but I know that it might hurt my stomach. Should I eat the ice cream? The idea that you can decide about a thought also reveals to us, hopefully logically, I, th- I think, yeah, this is how he was explaining it, that because you have a decision to make, reveals that the thought isn't actually you. You can decide what to do about the thought that reveals to us that you are not your thoughts. Did Yosef had Sadik bringing it back, ever have a thought of, you know, I really could do whatever I want in Egypt. I'm really the most handsome man in the world. I am the wealthiest person in the world. My brother sold me away from my innocent, nice, peaceful, tranquil house, and now I am in the middle of this horrible country. I really can't even be blamed by God. And truthfully, the Gemara tells us that Yosef HaTzadik is the uh, one that God looks to as proof against any of us that have that try to say, God, it's not fair. I had too much desire, too much struggle. Hashem says, look at Yosef. Did you have more than him? And he still did it. So technically, we find that Yosef did have some elements of an excuse. He didn't make those excuses. So Yosef at Sadik, he technically could have just said, Hashem, this isn't fair. But did Yosef at Sadik ever have a thought of, you know, maybe I could? Can we say that Yosef at Sadik ever had a thought like this? I think that it's not crazy to think so. Maybe he did have a thought. But Yosef Tzaddik was in control of his thoughts. What does that mean? We all think that mind control is impossible. I'd like to suggest that mind control means completely removing yourself from trying to control your mind. That's the Chiddush I want to say on this podcast. There's a concept in meditation called equanimity. And you could research it. It is a real muscle in the brain that allows a person to pop out of his thoughts that are consuming him, that are making up most of his life and they're in the forefront of his mind. Either they're good or bad. Equanimity is a concept to be able to step out of them and view them from a, from a more bird's eye view approach, not in them. It's a very interesting concept that so much of our day is is, is us either fighting thoughts or I feel sad for this reason or I'm happy for this reason even, but we're, maybe we're too involved in emotion that we want to get rid of an emotion. So the way that we fight certain ideas in our head is that we physically get up and a kumva ase physical approach to try to remove thoughts. An interesting concept here that I believe Yosef Atzadik must have employed in Egypt. A thought that he might have had, I can get away with anything. Yosef Atzadik knew how to view certain thoughts in a way of just a passing cloud in the sky. Like those airplanes that carry signs behind it. It's a thought that's in front of you, but you can let it just quickly and or slowly float right on by. This concept of being in control of your thoughts by not being in control of your thoughts. Letting them flow right through. I think it's a chiddush. And it's brought down the Gedolim like this. And they knew this way before this 
a lot of the meditation and um, psychologists started to talk about these things. That letting a person have his thoughts, but for a person to know that he is not his thoughts is a chiddush that lets a person say, yes, the Yitzhak can put something in my head, but I am not that. So much of what we struggle with today is all in our heads and can very easily be put to rest by recognizing that I am not my thoughts and I have the ability to make the decision on these thoughts. So this person who would be dropped off, Rechman al-Atlan in Port Authority, if he can build a structure in his mind and say, I am me and I can have certain thoughts. Yes, this is not fair and yes, this is, but we are the decisions that we make and the choices that we make but our thoughts are not us, is a mayudikechidosh. And the more you think about it, the more it's very, very interesting and intriguing to think about what is a thought and are we our thoughts. But I believe it's the Das Torah, and it's brought from the Gedalim like this, that we are not our thoughts. And knowing this chidosh gives us a certain insight in how to control our thoughts. Mind control is possible, and I believe it's a real tactic that Yosef employed that led him to become the Yosef Haya B'Mitzrayim. You're walking down the street, something pops into your head, you see something, you have the ability to let it pass right on by like a cloud in the sky. We should be Zoycha to use this tactic in our day-to-day battle. And God willing, it should be, God willing, it should be as a chus for Klal Yisrael. A murder to Keshavas. Mm-hmm.